Hello, welcome back to this episode of the Tune Lighting Podcast, where myself and my co-host, Jack Edwards, who is on the line. Hi, Jack. Hi, Rob. Where we will, we are attempting to write and produce a musical album in just one year. Uh, and we are now two months into that year. So um, I don't know my maths off the top of my head. That is a sixth of the way through this project. I can confirm. <laughs> um, so it's, it it's still feels a long way off that final deadline, but it's definitely, the clock is definitely ticking. Um, so where let's give our listeners a little update of where we are after two months of, uh, of, of trying to, to get this album done. We we've got a few songs I would say are, are finished, haven't we? We're getting there with a, with a few things. Yeah, we're we're not finished in the sense of we could stick them on the album tomorrow, but they're kind of God no, 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 oh, <laughs> heavens no. Um, but but they're sort of boxed off. I think I've yesterday I finished probably my third complete song of the two months, and I've got a few more which are kind of getting there and i think you're the same yeah i think i'm probably about three or four songs th- probably about yeah probably about three songs which i've started since the project begun and then i've finished off a couple of other dregs that were lying around in the old uh, <laughs> in the hard drive somewhere that i was been meaning to finish for a while uh i will say they're all pretty wildly different from one another which i'm thinking is a good thing at this stage well, w- lots of different sound ideas and uh, nothing that consistent means that we can probably take stock of all these songs. Maybe when we get to about 10 or so songs, we can we can have a, uh, uh, what's it, a meeting, <laughs> uh, meeting, a band meeting, <laughs> and go through them and maybe just start picking out things we like and uh, things we don't. I think you said to me yesterday that perhaps this should be like a baseline. Like we take the best couple of things off this and then we don't, that's our baseline. We, we aim upwards from there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always, always a good idea to, you want what you've done already to be the worst thing. You want to, everything after that to be better. Um, and I think if, there's a couple of songs we've done so far that I think are, you know, almost good enough to be on the album. But I wouldn't want them to be the best song on the album. I think we can do better. I think we can, uh, you know, we can improve. Um, so yeah, that's that's where that's where we're at. Yeah, I like I like that thinking. I'm definitely in that mindset at the moment. I'm. Uh, I I think the more you write, I think you just get better, and you learn. You're learning every everything you do is just a, a step on the the learning curve, I guess. Um, so I'm looking back at songs I did even a month ago and thinking oh, I can do better in certain elements and there's certain thing. It sounds almost a bit naive. Yeah, which is why I think we don't need to be making any final decisions at this stage because I think the best, the best work is still to come. And there's 10 months still to do it. I was, um, I was watching something on YouTube recently from the band Foles who have been uploading videos during lockdown um mainly about their recording processes and was uh, one about them self-producing their latest album uh, everything not saved will be lost 
and one of them mentioned that it was the longest they've taken to write and record an album of all the albums they've done. Uh, and it took 10 months from start to finish. Less than us. <laughs> which is the time we've got now. Um, yeah. ob- obviously, the big caveat is they can do it full time and we cannot. Um, and they have and a lot more of an idea of what they're doing. They, about what yeah, they're doing. <laughs> they've, got, they've got the experience and, and everything that goes with it. But it did make me think, if that's the longest it takes to do an album start to finish, um, then it just goes to show that you can yeah. achieve a lot in that time. Yeah, and I guess um, a bands kind of are doing it part time to an extent, aren't they? Because they're touring and they're doing other. They've got other commitments. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I assume in this case that they weren't touring during the ten month recording process. But obviously, they're not in. They're not in the studio every day for those ten months. They'll be doing other things at some point. Going to bed. So they can do it in ten months, and it's a pretty good album, I have to say. Uh, I didn't realise actually that it was they self-produced it. It seems to be uh, more of a thing. I guess it reflects what we've been talking about on the podcast, which is it's that although professional studios and professional producers still very much have their place, it's there's so much more you can do yourselves now, uh, and we're seeing more and more bands self-producing and just give, it gives you that much more control and uh, over over what you put out, and it, it, that might be to their detriment because sometimes having uh, a professional producer or someone who knows the industry telling you what may what will and won't work can be a good thing but also that can kind of stifle what you put out so i i'm all for it I, i'd like to see bands just do what they want to do and if it's uh, if it doesn't work then it doesn't work i'd rather see that than like loads of producers telling bands exactly what they think people want to hear <laughs> right well let's go on to what i want to talk about this week uh, and it's something we have discussed a little bit in the past, kind of from the very first episode, really. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm calling, I'm titling this episode and this topic Resistance. Uh, and that's kind of distractions uh, and anything that gets in the way of the creative process. Uh, and, and the creative process could be in any field, but in this case it is in making music. Uh, and it's something that we've we've discussed on the podcast and amongst ourselves, uh, me and Jack, quite a bit. It's kind of amplified during lockdown because most of us have got more time where we can be working on things like making an album. Uh, but obviously it doesn't mean that you do end up spending all that time you kind of find ways of distracting yourself or even when you've got nothing to distract yourself with, there can be days when your mind just doesn't want to focus on um, focus on the job at hand. And it could be uh, it could be simply that, a lack of focus, lack of being able to concentrate, or it could be something kind of more more deep seated you've got some kind of fear about or some um, lack of confidence in what you're doing that's you know i think that's pretty common um it's uh, it's all kind of the same thing i think i'm realizing more and more is i guess it, it's it comes from this greater fears and and things around and self-doubt around producing something but uh, that manifests itself day to day in little little distractions and little whether it's an extra hour in bed 
or uh, you know, an extra hour in front of the TV instead of doing the project. Um, but it wasn't until I read a book, which I was recommended by a friend. It was a bit of a game changer for me because it made me realize that it's a pretty common uh, common occurrence pr- for basically everyone. I mean, it's, it's just a human trait. Uh, the book is called The War of Arts. It's by a guy called Steve Pressfield, and he's actually a fiction writer. But this is probably his most famous book, and it's a non-fiction book, and it discusses this. It, it's basically it comes from his own experience of uh, of trying to write books and try and uh, pursue these creative endeavors. And he, what he talks about is this this word resistance, which I uh, mentioned at the start of the episode, uh, which he kind of talks about as if it's a physical thing. It's a it's like a demon hanging over you called resistance. Um, which is that fear and self-doubt that everyone has that basically convinces us to say to, that we have nothing meaningful to say, um, you know, showing up every time we, we try and chase any creative endeavor. And yeah, that's, that's what manufact- manifests itself as these distractions that we have. He uses um, one example, which, which I remember, which is that um, it, was, it was easier for... Hitler to start World War Two than it was for him to pursue his career as an artist. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> I guess it's it's fear of being criticised, um, fear that maybe what you produce is isn't going to be good enough, uh, and that's that's it. That's what stops you. That's what manifests itself as as all these distractions uh, in day to day life. So yeah, it was reading that that kind of really changed my outlook and and made me think this is something that everyone has uh, and he, he kind of he says in that book that the more you fear doing something the more you should probably try and do it and i think for me actually finishing an album a musical album is that thing that's i've put off since i was started making music it's something that i've always wanted to do uh, but i've never managed to do it uh, you know, I've not even managed to get to the point of EP. Uh, several times I've, I've written down this year. I'm gonna, you know, the start of the year, written down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish like an EP or or something that I can be proud of. But I've never managed to do it. And the fact that it's been such a hard thing for me to, to do means that it's the thing I really need to do the most. And that's why one of the reasons why I started this project. I think sometimes it's hard to. Um recognize that that's what's going on as well when you've you can feel a a lethargy or a reluctance or a lack of focus and don't necessarily always realize that fear might be what's underpinning it um but i think often often it is if you do a little digging um because okay writing a good piece of music can be hard but actually sitting at a desk and filling around with a keyboard or a guitar is not hard but we still find it hard on certain days um and it's kind of a massive mental block that uh is is probably based on on fear and um self-doubt um so yeah just kind of acknowledging that root cause is 
it could be the first step, I guess, on the, the road to recovery. It's like being at an AA meeting. Like once you've admit you've got a problem, then <laughs> yeah. you're on the way to solving it. I guess as these days as well, it's criticism has always been there and distractions have always been there, but their distractions are more abundant than ever. Both, uh, the, yeah, both yeah, and criticism things. is more abundant than ever. The the internet's to blame for both of those um, things getting exponentially larger by the day. We've uh, we've spoken about the great thing about the internet being that you can reach a much bigger audience much faster. You know, anyone can produce an album or write music, and you can find fans all around the world much easier rather than having to constantly tour the globe to find that that fan base. So that's really cool. But then on the other side of things, it's like. That there's a million distractions on the internet now, whether it's YouTube or social media, we're all aware of those those distractions. And there's a million critics just waiting to criticize. And it is it's really weird because it's you with criticism. I guess it's just how the human brain is wired. And you hear it over and over again. People will say, "I get a million uh, comments on a video or something on YouTube. Uh, Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand positive." And the, but it, I can't help but focus on the very small percentage of negative ones. And it, it's weird that no matter how many times people say critics will always be there and, and they're the, the exact people that we've spoken about who are probably afraid, want to do something, but are afraid to do it themselves or have probably never done it themselves. But yeah, it's, it's, the, it's hard to get the brain to not focus on those critics. They're not, not even critics necessarily. It's the, the thought of critics for me. It's the, thought, the yeah. thought that they may appear once you dare to put something out there. I'm sure it's one of those evolutionary things where the brain is wired to uh, flag up the, the dangers rather than the benefits because that's uh, in some tenuous way related to our own survival. And I think the um, the combination of there being more opportunities um, to get your stuff out there and more critics, uh, they kind of blend into a, a new um, a new cause for doubt, which is the fact that anyone and everyone can put stuff out there. Which means the the market, for want of a better word, is so saturated um but you kind of you can feel what's the point of adding another drop in the ocean how am i going to cut through um how am i going to cut through this uh sea of other people's artwork some of which is you know brilliant but unnoticed uh and also uncriticized like how am i going to stack up to that um which i suppose you wouldn't have had so much 20, 30 years ago, but at the same time, it does make it a lot easier. So it was, I think the benefits should outweigh the negatives of, in terms of getting your music out there. And I guess the critics just wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have noticed them. They would have been in, in the pub <laughs> bitching about the album, whereas yeah. now they're on Twitter. <laughs> Writing in their messages of complaint by post. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, and the thing is, I think that any any kind of artist who's actually produced something or or done something of value will, even if they don't think it's to their taste or they they don't really like it, they probably can at least appreciate the difficulty that went into making it. I mean, maybe after this this year, I'm already finding it. I think after this year, after we finally finished, we'll, if nothing else, and even if our album's rubbish, we'll be much nicer people. 
<laughs> we won't criticise so. as much. Yeah, that would be a nice, a nice outcome, if nothing else. Uh, I think the other thing is, um, obviously, fear of rejection and criticism is one part of it. But we sh- we should mention that there's kind of tied into that. There is a fear of putting in the work, um, which may have you know, root causes in, in other psychological things, but um, often it's kind of a first sign of um, of difficulty that causes you to stop working on something and can you know turn you off it for a week or two. Like, has creativity always been looked down on as a kind of lesser, like a selfish endeavour? You get the feeling from society that to pursue a creative endeavour is a, a luxury, a, and a more of a selfish thing to do when you should just be getting yourself a job and buckling down. And it's that's that's a form of the resistance, I guess. It's funny, if you get to a certain level if you read going back to the youtube comments if you read comments uh of a piece of art or a song or a uh a video that people enjoy it's full of people saying thank you so much for your art you've got me through hard times um you really are a, you really are a gift of the world and people kind of understand that and they will rightly or wrongly they will value these artists above people who do kind of more practical uh, practical jobs day to day. But I guess it's when you're not at that stage, when you don't have a massive audience and you, therefore you're not touching and enriching the lives of millions, maybe enriching the lives of dozens or fewer than that. Um, but it's it can be harder to, to see the benefits or harder for other people to appreciate the benefits of what you're doing. Which I guess another question is, is is art intrinsically good? Even if 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 an artist makes a song in the middle of the woods and there's no one around <laughs> to hear it, is it still worthwhile? I'm getting that on a t-shirt. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you would like a t-shirt uh, with that message on, then please send five pounds. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's, it, this is all harkering back to what we spoke about in the very first episode and why we said to each other, let's just do this project anyway, because it's, uh, it, it's, it doesn't matter really. It's still, if you create, it's the, the act of creating something, no matter what it is, as long as it doesn't hurt someone or it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think can kind of draw the line there really um, before we go down the free speech argument. Um, but yeah, as long as, as long as it's, it's, it's not really deliberately setting out to, to cause damage like that, it's, it's, yeah, it's just the act of, of creating something that's, that's meaningful rather than whether, whether it is incredible, uh, unique and, and touches millions because you're always going to have people that are starting from an unfair advantage, I guess, aren't you? You're always going to have people that have some that have got there by merit, by producing other stuff and then finally getting a fan base where they could but then you always get people that have by luck or by uh circumstance that have, have got an unfair advantage and that doesn't mean that their art isn't necessarily better it just means that it's that more people have had a chance to to review it yeah and going back to what we said in episode one again we like to think it's a good thing to do for ourselves um 
regardless, I mean, we want people to hear it, obviously, we want people to like it. But regardless if uh, that happens or not, we still think it's a worthwhile thing to do. And I guess one one objective that gets thrown around is people saying, oh, you're wasting your time, do something useful. But I think it's far more constructive to do something like this, um, kind of going through the process and hopefully producing something something decent at the end of it than what we would otherwise be doing, um, yeah. whatever that would be. We'd be <laughs> finding, finding ways to kill the time. Um, and most of them wouldn't be half as rewarding, I imagine. Do interesting things and interesting things happen is a good philosophy, I always think, to live life by. It's another T-shirt. Yep, so to add that to the uh, tune merch stand. Merch stand. <laughs> to sum up, it's like the more you, the more anxious you are ab- about starting a project, or the more you feel that you're getting distracted from it, it's probably the more reasons that you need to have a go at doing it. So, yeah, if anyone's listening and you're still thinking, hmm, should I should I start an album? Should I try and do an album in a year? Um, or or not, then yes, you should. So hopefully having established that almost everyone who attempts to do something uh, creative encounters resistance, in the next episode we're going to try to share some advice uh, for getting around this, things that we've either discovered through experience or more likely read from someone else, picked <laughs> up along the way um, from the internet. So do join us for that.